Hello, hello, everyone. Amanda Grace here with you today. Welcome, welcome to everyone watching the United States and around the world jumping on. I see people jumping on from Florida and Texas and Connecticut. Oh, our neighbors in Connecticut. Hello, Michigan, Trinidad, Trinidad. Wow. Praise God. Praise God. So we're watching everyone jump on. We have Dr. Kirk Elliott here with us today. We're going to get into a lot of stuff in just a few minutes. Chet is singing his little head off uh, to my right, your left. So you may hear him during the broadcast. I'm going to open up in prayer, and then we are going to show you. Well, I think we're I think we're going to save it for tomorrow. We're doing a very important broadcast tomorrow as well. And uh, we're going to be introducing our new sanctuary member that we had to go to Pennsylvania and get on Friday to bring him to the sanctuary. So we are going to be unveiling that tomorrow. So mark your calendars. I believe we are going to be going live at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Okay, so let's open up in prayer so we can bring Dr. Kirk Elliott in. We have a lot to cover today. Father God, in the precious name of your son, Jesus Christ, Yeshua HaMashiach, Lord, we come before you. We praise you that you are almighty God. You are high and lifted up far above every power, principality, and might. Father, we humble ourselves before you this day, asking you to forgive us of our sins, Lord. Cleanse us of all unrighteousness. Father, we acknowledge your son, Jesus Christ, came to the earth and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. He was birthed into the earth to die at Calvary, to be the Passover lamb, to purchase us by the shedding of his blood. Father, we praise you. He rose again in three days and after appearing to many, ascended back into heaven, took his rightful righteous place at the right hand of the father where he rules and reigns forevermore and is our advocate before your throne. Father, we invite your presence and the presence of the Holy Spirit, the Ruach HaKadosh, Lord, into this time, Father God. Lord, let the power of your presence move, Father God. Lead us in all wisdom, counsel, might, power, and the reverential fear of the Lord as we go forth. Father, by the power of the blood of Jesus Christ, by the spirit of the one true living God, may only the truth and power of almighty God with authority now come forth in Jesus' name. Lord, take all the glory for yourself, Father God. Lord, you are the potter. We are merely the clay. We are vessels that you fill, Father. Lord, give us the wisdom, Lord, to continue to go forth in the understanding in you, Father, how to be good stewards, Lord. Father, just take all the glory for yourself, Lord. Take it all for yourself today. We praise you in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. Okay. Amen. Praise the Lord. Um, and one more announcement. We are going to be doing uh, the this Friday and Saturday. We are going to be in Tulsa, Oklahoma at the Thrive Time headquarters doing uh, with Loudmouth Prayer and Stacy Whited of the Flyover Conservatives and Pastor Dave Fowler. We are going to be doing that healing and revival event. So if you are there, you can go to arcofgrace.org, I think, forward slash events as well to see uh, the information on that and to click on it and be able to sign up for it. So we just wanted to tell you that quick. Uh, we will be in Tulsa. We're looking forward to seeing many of you there. Okay. Let's bring in Dr. Kirk Elliott. Hello. Hey, how are you? Good. How are you? I am doing awesome. It's so good to be with you as usual. It is. It's good to be with you, Dr. Kirk, because there's a lot going on. There's a whole lot of shaking going on. I think that's a song. <laughs> I, I think it is, but there truly is in the in the physical, in the spiritual, and the heavenlies everywhere. There's, yes. there's shaking going on. And you know, as as I look back over the last few weeks, um, I think there's a paradigm shifting moment that happened, right? And that's when when Hamas started shooting missiles into Israel. Mm -hmm. Um it's more than just a localized conflict in, yeah. in my opinion, right? Because mm -hmm. now what you're going to do is you're going to bring in other countries who are already picking sides. Right? Oh, yeah. You've even got Zelensky in, in Ukraine saying, what? This this act of terror by Israel? <laughs> it's like, what? Oh, of course, because he's in the UN's back pocket. Yeah. It's like, did you forget about the missiles being shot? over there right so so people watching and I, and I tell this to everybody it's like you don't have to agree or disagree or anything with the politics going on over there 
What it does cause economically is mayhem, chaos, uncertainty, turbulence, mm-hmm. change. But to me, I think this one, this time, has a lot of prophetic undertones. Because you, yeah. you, as I read through Revelation as, as a kid and as an adult, right? It's like, okay, you've got Revelation 13 that talks about the mark of the beast, right? And it's mm-hmm. like, okay, what is that going to look like? What is that going to feel like? Well, up until about a year ago, the technology wasn't there to even have one. Yes. Right? So you've had all of these people in different generations that thought Hitler was the Antichrist and this. And it's like Antichrist spirit, yes. Real mm-hmm. Antichrist, no. Yeah. Um, because a lot of the the prophecies could not be fulfilled for certain reasons, right? So number one, we now have central bank digital currency, which could be mm-hmm. the technology, the the FedNow app and, and yes. things of that nature that now you could have a global digital currency that has the ability to cut you off from buying or selling, right? Now that technology is there. Now they're also the temple, mm-hmm. you rebuilt that, that hasn't been done yet, but there's the... The ushering in of the Antichrist is comes about by a peace treaty that's being signed, which means they have to be at war to sign a peace treaty mm-hmm. with Israel. Well, we're entering into a wartime with which even Netanyahu said two weeks ago, it's like, this is going to be a big one. And this is going to be a long and pronounced. War. That's what I felt in my spirit. The second it happened, this wasn't going to be uh, as quick as the Yom Kippur war was initially and now all of these abraham accords are going to be tested mm-hmm. they're being tested right now and when that when those were signed right i knew in my spirit that that spirit of esau and amalek was going to be stirred up because a those were signed uh, and b because these abraham accords in the middle of this that that israel signed with all of these nations now everyone's going to start you know migrating to one side or the other and they're going to be tested and broken yeah i i agree um and and when you look at what this is going to cause in the world of economics the world of finance yeah um here's where you're going to see upheaval and inflationary pressures come from this. And so the reason why, so the morning after the missiles were hit in Israel, I read a research article that talked about oil uh, should hit $150 a barrel out of this conflict. Mm. A week and a half ago, Allianz, the huge, massive European insurance company, said oil should hit $140 a barrel because of this conflict. Well, where are we? I mean, if, if oil started at $135 a barrel, big whoop, who cares, right? It didn't move, but it's not the case. Oil was at $93 a barrel the day that this conflict started. 93 to even 140 is over mm-hmm. a 50% increase in the price. And who benefits from that, Dr. Kirk? Well, here's, here's where the rest of the story looks ugly, right? Mm-hmm. Because come January 1st, Six of the nine largest oil producers in the world mm-hmm. um, join the BRICS nations. Mm-hmm. So they are no longer going to trade in U.S. dollars for that oil settlements between each other. Yeah. And, you know, they're going to trade in each other's currency, which builds up their currency and it reduces demand for the U.S. dollar. Now, if that policy bilateral trade agreement was basically made between French Guyana and Suriname, two insignificant countries yeah. politically, economically. It's like, who cares? It's like, okay, fine. Trade in your own currency. It doesn't matter. But when it's the trading block is upwards of 70% of the world's mm-hmm. population, it really is a big deal. So come January 1st, what Putin said on August 24th at the end of the BRICS meetings was, was what? Actually, I'm sorry, August 22nd, the first mm-hmm. day. He said, we're going to de-dollarize the world. It's irreversible. And this is our objective as the BRICS nations. It's like, how is he going to do that? Right? Well, by the end of that meeting, two days later, when they add Saudi Arabia, United Arab Emirates right away into the BRICS nations. And then come January 1st, they add Egypt, Ethiopia, Iran. um, You know, it's like six of the nine largest oil producers are now going to be part of BRICS. It's like, this is how he could make that statement. He was speaking from a position of power and knowledge, knowing what they were going to do rather than just spouting off at the mouth, right? It's like he knew, he knew what was coming. So 
What this means is we as Americans and in the United States, we are not energy independent. We are not oil independent. We're dependent on foreign oil because mm -hmm. of environmental restrictions because of the environmental lobby that has basically over the decade said no 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 fracking right no no um no drilling in the gulf yeah no drilling in the arctic mm -hmm. no more refinery capacity i mean handcuffed from production that would allowed us to be oil independent we're not so what does that mean our outflow is going to the BRICS nations which will help them. And we are basically going to be paying higher prices. Why are we going to be paying higher prices? Because out of this BRICS meeting, they're adding Iran into mm -hmm. the mix come January 1st. What, oh. did, what did Iran do? Um, I mean, they're probably behind all of this terrorist. Hamas. Yeah, they, the Hamas is, and Hezbollah is Iran's proxies yeah. that they use yeah. to attack Israel. Absolutely. So mm -hmm. what did they do two or three weeks ago? They basically coerced or coaxed or encouraged <laughs> OPEC nations to cut production on oil, which is going to cause the price to go up. Low yeah. supply, same amount of demand, prices are going to go up. So who does that hurt? It hurts us because mm -hmm. we have to buy oil at higher prices. Who does yep. it help? The people receiving the oil, which is going to be the BRICS nation. So Iran comes in flexing from the jump before they even become a member of the BRICS nations mm -hmm. by causing OPEC to cut production. Now, a few days after that, we get the conflict with Hamas in Israel. Mm -hmm. All of that's going to cause oil to go through the roof. So here's where two weeks ago I was in California at a um, nonprofit fundraiser for a, a, a ministry called Project Rescue, which our company supports. Mm -hmm. um, love what they do, rescuing women and children from, from sex trafficking. It's yeah. amazing. So kind of a side note, but I had to get a stupid rental car from Enterprise and pay stupid gas prices in California. So gas- It is expensive. <laughs> oh my word, Amanda. So gas at the pump was $6.91. I was about to say $6 a gallon. I, yeah. I was about to say that was gonna be my guess. <laughs> so you were right. Um, $6.91, let's just call it $7 a gallon for easy math. So what is gas at the pump? It's refined oil. If oil goes up 50%, that means gas is gonna go up like $3.50. In California, gas is gonna be north of $10 a gallon after mm. this conflict with the current projections on the price of oil. It's like Americans are already strapped. We're already, you know, handcuffed every month. We don't have enough money to live or invest or or feed our families or pay mm -hmm. our rent. I mean, we're truly living hand to mouth. And with yeah. rising interest rates and everything that's happening, it, it becomes worse. And so you've got now policies coming out of D.C. Janet Yellen, our Treasury Secretary, Jerome Powell, chairman of the Fed. Mm -hmm. What are they saying? They're saying, you know what? this is their messaging and I'm going to debunk it. <laughs> They're saying we've won the war on inflation. We're really good. Right. So we're going to have one more interest rate hike and then we're going to pause interest rates because we've won this war on inflation. We can pause rates. It's like, so they want America to think that they're doing a good job. And by pausing interest rates in our brain, we think, sweet, maybe they did win this battle. If they can pause interest rates, that's amazing. Right? No. If they really won the war on inflation, you would lower interest rates because yes. you've won the war. So what they're doing is raising rates to these high levels, raised rates 10 out of the last 11 months to now mortgages are 8%. If you're to buy a house right now. It's they, true. And then they're going to pause at the, so like a tabletop, right? They're going to pause at these high rates because they know full well, they haven't won the war on inflation. And they're going to, they raised rates over the last 11 months, and now they're going to pause them at these high rates indefinitely, right? There's yeah. no, there's no answer to when that's going to come down. They're just going to keep them at these high amounts. So what's that going to do to the economy? It's going to kill it because we have violated so many biblical principles for successful living that God has given us as people and his children, which is don't overextend yourself. A borrower is a slave to the lender. It tells us that in Proverbs. It tells mm -hmm. us to, to you know, be a wise steward with what we have and don't bury your talents in the sand. That's right. It's mm -hmm. like that's the evil servant, not the stupid one, the evil one, <laughs> right? Yeah. So 
we're violating all the stuff because America right now is scared. We're scared. We, we don't want to make a mistake. So we're just taking our investments and just sitting in cash, sitting on the sideline, which the inflationary pressures that they haven't fixed are going to erode your investments over time. Mm-hmm. See, this is this is not good. Now, you've got the war on it with Israel and Hamas, which I believe is going to be long term. Countries are choosing sides and it's probably yeah. going to grow from a localized conflict to a regional war to possibly a global war this mm-hmm. time. And and the only reason I say that is because they are truly making a big deal about it. And, and presidents from other countries are now picking sides. And and e- even here in America, uh, you've got college campuses all over the country that are going haywire over all of this, right? And it's like, you know, there's there's problems coming, social problems coming, civil unrest coming, all at a time when we don't need it to. We've got wars, we've got rumors of wars, we've got higher prices, we've got food shortages. Um, the inflationary pressures. And then just this morning, um, I saw some news from Citibank, which Mm -hmm. actually I've been talking about this for a couple of months now that I think bank failures 2.0 is coming. Yeah. Right. Because we saw, we saw when Silicon Valley signature bank, key bank, um, first Republican credit Swiss went under, um, that was round one. Right. But I think there's a round two coming, which is going to be even worse. We haven't seen it yet. But over the weekend, my CEO, Ashley, sent me this this text and she said, did you see this? Did, did you see the, what's happening? So a bank, a regional bank in Iowa um, folded and went into mm-hmm. the receivership. So the fact that it was another regional bank, not a huge deal, except to me, it's possibly the beginning of something else that's starting. Then just this morning, I read news from Citibank that their CEO at Citibank um, has basically made public um, Project Bora Bora is what they call it internally at Citibank, which is because of the banking crisis that's happening, banks running out of money, um, they're going to lay off upwards of 10% or more of their workforce, which they have 240,000 employees. So at minimum, well, that's like twenty four thousand. At minimum, twenty four thousand yeah. people are going to be laid off, and they're mm-hmm. running scared. So here's where it's like, man, I think it's starting. I, I truly think that bank failure two is coming because why do banks fail? Banks fail for three simple reasons: their deposits are lower than their withdrawals. They have more money coming out than they have going in. And the money that they do have, um, it's it's bad investments, and then they're and they're losing, right? So, what do banks invest in? The same thing that you and I invest in: stocks, bonds, mutual funds, real estate. The S and P five hundred, the Nasdaq, the Dow, worst worst year in in a long time. They're they're all negative, right? How and, is that reacting right now with the war in Israel? Well, the Dow not, and the Nasdaq. It's not doing well. I mean, we're mm-hmm. probably going to end the year negative. Probably. Okay. I mean, anything can happen. Right. But mm-hmm. but it's not the trend is that it's it's not it's it's been coming down October. They were all down where the only asset there's like four assets in the world that were up in October. Silver, gold, Russian stocks. Go figure. And something. Else. Yeah. I don't, know, I don't know what the something else was, but everything else was negative. So we're entering into this kind of dark economy time. When tangible assets are going up, everything else seems to be coming down. And so they're, they're not faring well, but they, they shouldn't. I mean, technically, fundamentally, what causes stocks, bonds, mutual funds to, co- to go up? Lowering taxes, lowering interest rates, job creation. Like what we had during the Reagan years. Yes. And Reagan, Bush, and Clinton. See, it's like Bush and Clinton. Why would they follow Reagan policies? Clinton was Democrat. Reagan was Republican, right? It's like, well, because their policies worked. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. And even Clinton said, you know what? It's it's the, the economy, stupid. People vote with their wallets, right? So why try to fix something that wasn't broken? He, he was a smart president. He's not going to do that. Mm-hmm. So, so Reagan's policies lasted 20 years of economic growth, almost uninterrupted, okay. except mm-hmm. for maybe one little stint in there. Trump, same policies, lowering taxes, lowering interest rates, job creation, 
His only lasted about four years because what came after him was complete communist takeover of America, right? And the Biden yeah. administration, they, they want to mm-hmm. are ruining everything, right? Economically. Yeah. So, so, but those policies of economic growth, when they're there, it's amazing what, what happens when you have lowering taxes, lowering interest rates and job creation, people spend money. When you don't have that, people don't spend money. People invest, um, I'm just making up names here, right? People invest in Apple or Google or Meta or General Motors because let's say it's like, okay, you you love your iPhone. You love it. It's great technology. It's really cool. Everybody on the planet's very loyal to that brand. They've got good management. And when the economy is doing well, I, I want my retirement to look good. You know, 5, 10, 20 years from now, I'm going to invest in that company. Right. So in Apple, yeah. So that's why people invest in any company is because they want continuity and consistency of future expectations. When there's a hurdle in the road and they have to jump over, it, it upsets the Apple cart. And they say, Well, boy, is the economy going to be good five, 10, 20 years from now? I, I, I don't know. Is is there a management change? What about a change in presidency? What about a change in tax policy? What mm-hmm. what what what? Right. It's like Whenever there's that, people kind of pull back the reins and they say, I don't know if I want to invest right now. I, I don't feel good about what the economy is looking like moving forward. And they just pull back. That impacts the stock market negatively. War is one of those things. We're entering into a war cycle, I think, globally. It's not just Israel, Hamas. Um, you've got now Israel, Hamas. You've got Russia, Ukraine. You've got China, Taiwan, right? There's there's these these regional mm-hmm. conflicts that are starting to to boil up and um all of these are very expensive right and and america's going to have to pick a side america's going to have to pick a side with israel and hamas and the palestinians what side are they going to choose i hope they choose wisely but but we don't know what the politicians we have um, what are they going to do with russia and ukraine are they going to continue to fund this thing um, or not what are they going to do with China and Taiwan? We don't know. Wars are very expensive, and it's with money that we don't have. Now that the BRICS nations have risen up, this is the only reason, Amanda, why we've been able to amass tens of trillions of dollars of federal debt is because there's been built-in demand for our currency. When we don't, because they have to settle all oil settlements in U.S. dollars, that's built-in demand. When we don't have that, we're going to have to print our way out of it. That's inflation today with with the elimination of the petrodollar because of the BRICS nations. We're no longer a world reserve currency. They are right. So so really, we're no different than any other country on the planet. Argentina, Zimbabwe, Cyprus, Greece, Venezuela. I mean, you name it. We're technically no different because when we print money without discretion and violate biblical standards of success, people are not going to want what we have. And we're going to be forced to print even more, mm-hmm. which is going to cause more inflation, raising rates to slow down that inflation. Mm-hmm. This is the ugly cycle that, that we're moving into. Now, one other big thing that um, I think all the viewers need to understand is when, when America runs out of money, when people run out of money, it's going to increase layoffs and, and bankruptcy. Yeah. So. So here's something that I look at that nobody else probably looks at as a big deal, but I do. Um, most leading economic indicators would be like consumer price index, inflation, unemployment, you know, um, yeah. consumer confidence, things like that. Well, how about cardboard box sales? Literally. So cardboard box sales coming into the holiday season with e-commerce platforms like Amazon, Walmart, Costco, mm-hmm. uh, Best Buy, you know, they're all... People are buying stuff and you need a cardboard box to, for the boxes to ship everything out in. Cardboard box sales are down about 80% since September. Right? Wow. Dude, that's like a month ago, right? So so if those online retailers were expecting massive amounts of holiday sales, they would be buying every right. cardboard box under the sun. Mm-hmm. Yes. It lowered their expectation by 80%. So here's where this number 80 becomes pretty big because lowered the expectation 80%. 80% also of all retailers in America generally get, they get about 80% of their total annual revenue between Black Friday and Christmas. Yes. So, 
So if people aren't buying, what comes, what happens come January? If they have a horrible holiday season when it's 80% of their annual revenue, they're going to lay people off. Then when they lay people off, what follows that? Bankruptcies, personal and corporate, right? So, so I think coming into January, it's like, oof, it's going to be lights out. And, and here's, I'm not, I'm never driven by fear because yeah. God's always got everything, right? But this is my fear for America in 2024. And that is, uh, it's human nature <laughs> for people that don't have Jesus. Um, they tend to let fear control every aspect of their lives and they make wrong decisions. And in an election year, when people are running out of money, people will willingly give up their freedoms in exchange for, for whatever politician is going to promise them the most. Yes. Right? So this is this is where we're but headed. They're promising the most. It's a paper tiger. Yeah, it is because a paper tiger. I mean, that's the exactly what it is. They're, well, they're yeah, because you have to have a record. You have to have a, a record of being able to deliver and deal with complex economic problems and being yeah. able to. That's why that's why, you know, Donald Trump, especially was so great in office because it was a businessman. Mm -hmm. That dealt with, you know what I mean? Billions of dollars yeah, and knew how to deal with complex issues. When you constantly have career politicians and lawyers that want to occupy the highest seat in the land, they have no business experience or commerce experience yeah. or experience with foreign relations and commerce and yeah. everything you would need in order to deal with this. Because the I think one of the issues we're facing now also is that Biden has depleted our reserves. Yep our oil reserves. And now as he's sending um, military equipment over to Israel to help them, he's depleted our reserves, which we could have relied on right now. So we did not have to as much deal with buying, right? From all of these oil producing nations that in one way or another, some of them are funding, you know, these terroristic yeah. organizations. Yeah. Absolutely. So this is where we can't operate out of a state of fear. We can't because God's got all of it, but it is a paper tiger. Politicians mm -hmm. will mortgage future generations of America down the road because blanket statement, not yep. true hundred percent of the time, yep. but mostly politicians in America have stopped viewing people as people and they view people as votes they don't get reelected unless they promise something because America is so financially hurting right now. Yeah. So, so this is the ugly part where we're headed into an election year um, with all of this economic mayhem happening. Um, and, and to put the words back into Bill Clinton's mouth, it's the economy stupid, right? You're going to get, you're going to get votes if the economy is good and you caused it, but you're also going to get votes if the economy is really bad and you're providing hope to people, right? So, yeah. so this is where free money that is actually not free, nothing's free. They're printing it out of thin air, which is going to make matters of inflation mm -hmm. worse. And this is where we're headed. And I'm just praying that America starts to see through the madness. They start to see through the lies and they don't vote away their freedoms in exchange for perceived security and peace. But financially, what we can do is we don't have to worry about the collective voice of Americans. We, it's just an individual voice. It's a still small voice. It's like, oh, when I see that something's going up, I'm going to allocate into it. When I see that something's going down, I'm going to allocate out of it, right? So this is where yeah. these inflationary pressures that we're seeing make gold and silver so incredibly important into people's lives mm -hmm. because it's an individual decision that you can make um, that will cause you to move forward with confidence and boldness and courage and give you peace in the midst of the storm because you've allocated properly. Mm -hmm. So how, how have gold and silver, you could see uh, Dr. Kirk has the website up, kirkelliotphd.com forward slash grace. You can go there um, and you can, uh, you can fill, I, what do you fill? They fill out a form? Yeah, just a simple little form. Yeah. Um, okay. That says, hey, I heard Kirk and Amanda talking and, and I would love to set up a free consultation where you can help strategically map out a plan for success moving forward. And we'll help you with that to get out of the path of this hurricane of, Central bank digital currency, which is going to cut you off from your money based on your ideology. Already talked about that numerous times. Um, 
but now the inflationary pressure is coming from the Israeli-Hamas conflict, we can take advantage of these trends. And, and so, you know, just call us at 720-605-3900, say Amanda sent you, or go to this form, fill it out, and one of my concierge team will call you back, set up an appointment to actually figure out what you've got. Do you have IRAs? Do you have non-IRAs? Do you want to take delivery of it at home? Do you want to store it? We'll go through all of that with you to make sure that the plan that we set up is exactly what you want. Because we want to hear, we listen to you, we want to hear your dreams, your concerns, your hopes, your aspirations, your goals, and put something together that minimizes that stress and maximizes your joy in a world where it seems like joy has escaped us. Well, let me ask you this. How is gold and silver performing in the middle of all this? Really good. I mean, when you look at where it was three and a half years ago, silver was 1191 an ounce. Today, it's like 23 and a half. Um, where you look at where it was a year ago, it was 1797. It's 23 and a half. I mean, so that's up 30 something, 40% yeah. in a year. I mean, that's amazing. But now things are starting to accelerate again. And and in any market, you have two steps forward, one step back, two steps forward, one step back. And invariable, somebody will buy it and say, well, it, it always goes down the next day when I buy it. It's like, well, don't be so negative. But it, it's going, it will. I mean, things go up, things go down. But the trend is that it's up. And, and I think down the road, when you look at where I think silver is going to be headed, um, and this is based on historical precedent, right? In 2011, yeah. it went from 12 to $48 an ounce in 120 days. I'm not saying it's going to do that now, but we have the same fundamental forces that are driving it, low supply, high demand, political chaos, inflationary pressures. All right, so let's say it does the same thing. That puts it at 75 to 100. There's other words from like Bo Polney, Bix Weird, that think it's going to hit over 1,000. Boy, I pray that and hope that I'm wrong dead dog wrong right because that would be amazing um however i'd be happy with a few hundred percent gain more mm -hmm. than that i would be happy with half of that right because mm -hmm. we're not talking about a lifetime of growth we're talking mm -hmm. over the <laughs> sweetie uh this cyrus cyrus would like to know how dog treats are performing in the market <laughs> so <laughs> dog treats are probably um, people want their dogs happy when things are bad because they bring peace into a house. So I bet dog treats or sales are going through the roof. They're going through the roof, Cyrus. Oh, he just perked up. Okay, yeah. let's go on. Yeah. So so anyways, I, I think as, as we move forward, you want to protect yourself with something that you can use for barter if need be, small mm -hmm. portable silver, and also for larger accounts like IRAs and everything else that you don't take delivery of, you have to store them. Do 100-ounce bars of silver. Do 10-ounce bars of silver. Whatever the largest size your portfolio will hold, that's what you should do. Maximize your ounces. Minimize your cost. We specialize in bullion uh, for that exact reason because it's 100% liquid. When you want to sell it, it's a 45-second phone call. We lock it in. We don't have to make a market for it. We don't have to smile and dial and say, hey, Amanda, have we got a deal for you? So we've got this excess inventory yeah. sitting here and you get a 5% discount if you buy it today, but you better buy it today because 72 hours from now, it's probably going to be gone. I mean, none of that shady, weird stuff. Yeah. Bullion is a global commodity used for manufacturing lowest cost per ounce. That's what we specialize in. That's what I've done for well over 25 years, right? It's because this is the only thing to me that makes sense to people maximize, maximize, maximize your ounces, minimize your cost, be in the right place at the right time, then your peace of mind, you'll have it. That fear will start to melt away. That anxiety will start to melt away. Why? Because you've used the wisdom and the discernment and the creativity that God instills in each and every one of us because we're created in his image and he doesn't create junk. You know, very much... Right. You know, we have to operate in that and take that first leap of faith, which is what? Reaching out to me and it's like, I don't know this Kurt guy, but Amanda seems to like him. And it's like, well, that's the leap of faith. Then you decide if you want to do business with us or not once you call, right? But, but we are so busy because people love that philosophy 
of minimizing cost, maximizing return, and then moving forward, having a hand to hold through the economy where we'll let you know when it's time to buy, sell, reallocate, get out of Dodge. We'll help you kind of aim the gun to be on target, so to speak. You get to pull the trigger. It's your money, not ours. It's it's mm -hmm. not our account. It's yours. But we'll sure let you know what we're thinking so you can make a wise decision on what to do with it. So let me ask you, for people who, because I see a lot of questions coming and we're going to get to questions in a minute. For people right now that have IRAs, mm -hmm. that want to roll them over into gold back IRAs, how hard is that to do? Because a lot uh, there's a lot of IRA questions coming in and I'm watching it. So IRAs are simple. Um, they're actually quite easy. All you do is, is we would send you an email with the paperwork. Mm -hmm. um, takes 15 minutes to fill out, transfers it from your old custodian to the new. The custodian we use allows you to hold physical silver, physical gold, and not paper, not a paper version of it. Yeah. So the process is easy. It's like 15 minutes, and then we, we take care of it. Now, as far as like minimums, what should you yeah. do? So that was IRAs, Angie's question. Yes. Yeah. In IRAs, um, because it's $300 a year to store metals in an IRA, it's a flat fee. I don't care if it's $10 account or $100 million, yeah. the IRA custodian charges $300 a year. So I wouldn't do a $300 IRA account or else it's like, good grief, the storage is like, I have to have 100% gain every single year, right? So I would say an IRA, I wouldn't do any less than like three to $4,000 in an IRA um, because or else it doesn't really make sense. Um, but anything over and above, that's just fine. Outside of an IRA, mm -hmm. I don't have a minimum. I don't even have minimum in an IRA. I'll do whatever people want, but it doesn't make sense less than that. Um, silver outside of an IRA, I would say $500 is probably the minimum. Mm -hmm. Um, just so you're not nickel and diming yourself and, you know, having to take shipments of all these small things every single week. I mean, yeah. store up, save up until you get $500 and then do it on gold. The minimum is like 2000. Yeah, well, cause it's an ounce, an ounce. It's, it's it I mean, yeah. You can't take a hacksaw to it and cut it in half and cut yeah. the price. I mean, it is what it is. And now there are smaller increments that you can get in gold, but I would not recommend them because the cost per ounce starts to go through the roof. So one ounce bars, not even one ounce gold eagles, what I sell. I like one ounce gold bars because they're the cheapest form of one ounce silver or gold that you can get. So so with that, you know, a couple thousand bucks is probably your minimum on gold. Okay. So when people when people call, right, and they say, Oh, I want to buy silver and gold. All right. Say they have three thousand dollars, four or five thousand dollars to spend. How normally do you advise for the percentage of each? If someone says, well, I want to buy both. Um, if they want to buy both, I would over allocate into silver, maybe mm -hmm. a 70, 30 split. Okay. Um, but, but I, I would still try to talk to the, the person I'm talking to. It's like, I would still do hundred percent silver because if it's outperforming gold so much down the road, we can sell our silver We'll take those profits, roll them into gold, and essentially I'm getting you more ounces of gold then than what I could have purchased for exactly. you like free gold, right? So so I would encourage people to do all silver, but if you wanted some of both, I would try to do like 70% silver, 30% gold. Now, if if the ratio of gold and silver were different, I, I really truly don't care. If if gold were the outperforming asset and performing better than silver, I'd say be hundred percent in gold. I mean, it, to me, I don't care which one. All the fundamentals, though, are pointing towards heavy allocation into silver, silver. because of supply chain disruptions, low inventory, high demand, all of that. Okay, so put put your questions in the chat as we're talking here, um, and we'll put them up for Dr. Kirk so he can answer them. Uh, let me ask, too, if you think this is a good idea, right? But with 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 the holidays and everything coming up, people want to buy gifts, would buy would uh, buying you know a certain amount of say silver and and handing it out as gifts like dividing it up and handing it out as gifts to family members to get them started on yeah. on on investing what do you think about that right that's amazing that's like the gift that keeps on giving 
Yeah. Right? Because you're allocating to something that's growing and thriving and mm -hmm. you give somebody that now and, and over time it's going to be worth a lot more. I mean, what an amazing blessing for you to be able to give to your family members. I think so too. Okay. This is from Rumble actually, because we're live on Rumble and a few other platforms as well. So JJ Bartley uh, just read Bank of America's unrealized losses on securities rose to one uh, 131.6 billion. Is this true? I don't know. I haven't seen that, that headline yet, but that I, it wouldn't surprise me. Here's the reason why um, Bank of America has, over 30 trillion dollars of derivatives debt exposure i mean they're really in a lot of debt so okay. if they're you know and and the stock market hasn't performed well this year um commercial real estate is hitting the skids residential real estate is hitting the skids it's so big banks like that don't really invest into things like gold and silver they invest into traditional security stocks bonds mutual funds bond market tanking as interest rates rise yeah. So every asset that they have is probably not doing well. That wouldn't surprise me because of the size of the bank. 131 billion is huge, mm -hmm. but but they're they're a really, really big bank with multiple trillions of dollars of yeah. assets. And so yeah, I, I think that that's probably true. I haven't seen the headline. I can't confirm nor deny, but it sounds reasonable to me. Okay. Uh, Keisha is asking, I want to buy silver. How much is silver worth in today's market? Like right now, how much is silver going for per ounce? So right now the spot price on silver, I'm just looking as we speak, mm -hmm. uh, you're looking at about $23 and 10 cents spot price. Okay. Which would put your cost of ownership in the $27 range, $26 range, depending on if you do one ounce rounds or hundred ounce bars or whatever. Okay. All right. Well, good to know, Keisha. Hope he answered your question because she's looking to buy. Uh, Lisa Birch, what about existing 401ks? Existing, it's a little tough because you don't actually control that account. The, yeah. Whoever you work for does. Yes. So, so, but if you're over 59 and a half, there's a provision where you can do an in-service rollover. You just have to talk to your employer about it and say, hey, I'm over 59 and a half. I want to roll over that portion of my IRA, my 401k into a traditional IRA. Then we can go into physical gold and silver. Now, if you're under 59 and a half, generally not a lot you can do if you're still there. And a pre-existing, like a, a 401k that you used to have from a previous employer, okay, that's yours completely. It's portable. You can roll it over into traditional IRA whenever you want. Um, but if it's existing employer, it's really tough unless you're over that age limit of 59 and a half. Okay. Um, Pamela McGregor is asking, can I sell my gold or silver with you if I purchase it through another company? I'm in custody of my gold and silver. Yes, you can. Okay. Um, so just call our office because sometimes if it's, if it's something that's like a rare coin or semi-rare or collectible, I don't really have an outlet for that because we only deal with bullion and the depository certainly doesn't want it. Mm -hmm. um, they'll just melt it down. So if it's, if it's a rare collectible, you should probably sell it back to the company that you bought it from. If it's a silver Eagle, gold Eagle, Canadian Maple Leaf, anything that's like classified as bullion. Sure. We'll, we'll buy it back from you and we don't charge anything when you liquidate. Right. So, so it make, would make sense to do that. But, it has to be a bullion oriented coin or bar for us to do that. Cause we simply don't make market for, for collectible or semi rare yeah. things. Okay. Sharon Bledsoe is asking, do you provide financial advising? In the sense of uh, general market conditions, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm an economist, PhD economist. I, I know what goes up and what goes down based on economic fundamentals, like supply, demand, inflationary pressures, political chaos, mm -hmm. um, interest rates, inflation, all of that stuff, right? So, and then we use gold and silver right now to protect and preserve. If you're looking for a traditional like financial planner to put together an estate plan, deal with your stocks and bonds, mutual fund portfolio, I don't do that. Mm -hmm. However, I can give you a bigger, broader picture of what's happening. But again, you just have to call us and, and I'd go over that with you. But, but to me right now, Gold and silver, the only thing that really makes sense because of the policies coming out of well, DC. Yeah. And, mm -hmm. and that's really what my specialty area is. I'm 
I, you know, first PhD was in public policy administration, focusing on monetary economics. That's like central bank stuff. Second one is in theology. I get the political, social, spiritual, economic interplay that happens in these puzzle pieces that build a big picture. Um, so we can help you navigate through that. And then if you want to do something with your stocks, bonds, mutual funds, you just do that through your existing broker that you have. Okay. Okay. Good. Uh, Christ cheerleaders asking my 10 year old grandson has a $1,500 CD. Should I buy silver for him? Yeah, I would. Yeah. CDs take a long time. You have to, you have to get them for at least a few months, six months, 12 months, 15 months. That's how CDs many times go. Yeah, and there's probably a dinky penalty to get out of it, but you have to look at what are you missing? What is your opportunity cost? And if silver is growing the way that it is, and you don't allocate into it because you don't want to pay the the 1% penalty to get out of your yeah. CD. It's like, uh, so you might not pay want to pay your 1% penalty, but what would you miss out on? 10, 15, 20% growth. Generally on a CD, I would just get out because it's, it's a very low yield for a long-term hold, which is silly. Yes. Okay. Lorraine Leone is asking, my money is tied up in annuities with a management firm. Is it worth it to pull out money from annuities to purchase silver? I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of questions that we need to dig into. Is there a surrender charge? What are you getting now? Is it an equity index annuity? Is it a fixed rate? Is it part of a whole life thing? I mean, is, is there death benefit tied to it? Is there inflationary riders? I mean, but call us and we can, we can help you with it. I can't really make a blanket statement because I, I don't know. In annuities, there's a lot of moving parts. Um, yes. We can easily address those, um, at least tell you what to look for so you can ask your insurance agent about it. I'm not an insurance agent, but mm -hmm. but I, I know what to look for um, and I know what makes sense and what doesn't. Okay. Uh, L. Kensev is asking, when will the stock market finally tank? Heard this is our first step. So tired of the manipulation and being up. <laughs> well, that's the billion dollar question. <laughs> like, if we all knew that, we would put time shorts on the market and walk away with like very wealthy. But, but here's the thing. None of us know exact dates. You know, Jesus doesn't even know the exact date he's coming back. But what we can do is identify these trends and allocate into strength. I mean, it's, we don't need to know the exact date of when, why? Because as, inflationary pressures, political chaos, geopolitical conflict, rising taxes, all of that does not bode well for the stock market moving forward. So rather than trying to predict a date, which nobody can do because we're not God and we don't control the markets and we can't provide guarantees because, again, we're not God and we don't control the markets. There's no such thing as a guarantee. Um, what we do is we identify those trends and allocate into strength. And when we identify a trend that's coming down, we get out and allocate into strength, right? So I would yes. rather be three months, nine months, a year early than one day late in this one, right? So I would just start your allocation process. If it makes sense to you and you have peace about it in your mind, give us a call because we can help you start to get out. Again, I would, I would rather be early than one day late on any move that we make. Okay. Francis Moretta, what kind of silver can we buy that we don't have to pay taxes on? None. <laughs> you always have to pay taxes if you have a gain. Um, yeah. Anybody that tells you that you can buy something that you don't have to pay taxes on, they're lying. Well, that's true. There is capital gains tax for any investment you make. So it doesn't matter whether you invested in a classic car. Correct. That then the value went up and you sold it. The, the profit you made off of that from, you know, the original cost of the car, okay? And then when you sold it for, you know, the two together equals your profit. Well, that that profit is what you pay capital gains on. Yeah, so, so a lot of times that question, I think I know where it's coming from. You'll hear gold and silver dealers say that something's dealer non-reportable. It's not, not every transaction is reportable yeah. by us. But dealer reportability has to do with privacy. Tax reportability, different story. You always have to pay taxes, always. Hate to say it, I don't like to pay them either, but you have to. Okay, this is a good question here. J. 
Jenna is asking, I have a question. If the dollar becomes useless, then how is silver and gold helpful to buy necessities such as food, et cetera? Um, gold probably isn't helpful for that because it's too high cost per ounce. Um, silver, very good for that because you can have it in your pocket. It can act as a de facto currency. You just take it to a farmer, rancher, um, independent grocery store owner, whatever, and you trade it for the goods and services that you want. Mm -hmm. Now, you're probably never going to be able to do that with the big giant companies like Walmart, Costco, Target, whatever, because they're going to be part of the globalist system and they're going to yeah. want central bank digital currency. But independent store owners, they just want to survive. They'll take yes. whatever they can in exchange for their goods and services so they can feed their family. Exactly. Okay. We're going to put the phone number back up here. Um, and let me, let me ask you right now for people that have, because I see it like a table and you have different legs to the table. So if one of the legs get knocked out, the other two can hold the table up kind of, you know what yeah. I mean? When, when, yeah. you're, when you're doing a portfolio, when you're doing something of that nature, people right now that are in money markets, right. That do have some stocks, you know, say they have stocks from more heavyweight companies out there right now, you know, say they have Amazon Regeneron, you know, I'm just pulling some stuff out of my head here. How much of it should they take out of that right now with what we see happening? So say, so say for an example, yeah. somebody's got a hundred thousand dollars. Okay. Mm -hmm. in stock between three companies, we'll say yep. how much of that should they take out to buy gold and silver? So personally, yeah, I'm, I'm outside of the, the real estate that I own. I'm like all in silver. Yeah. Now general rule of thumb here's here's where people who want to diversify diversification a little bit which to me that's a dirty buzzword it's like yeah. you could diversify into 20 different titanics they all sink and it did you absolutely no good right so being in the right place at the right time is the key to safety not necessarily diversification yeah most advisors don't talk like that but i do so if you've got something that's coming down stocks and bonds you want to hedge yourself with something that's going up gold and silver right so a one-to-one -one, 50 50 split would probably be the minimum okay. but that's almost like a zero-sum game as one's going down one's going up you meet in the middle right so mm -hmm. something that makes more sense to me would be over allocate into the outperforming one which means anything greater than 50 percent. and you have to realize this isn't a long-term investment this isn't for the rest of your life kind of investment at some point we're going to lock in our profits and we're going to get out Yes. Exactly. Okay. That's good because people wonder that sometimes, well, how much should I take out? I have all of this in the market right now. Yeah. We're in money markets. It's a really good you know. question. Yeah. Yeah. And so how much of it should I allocate in the middle of all of this? Because yes, sometimes unfortunately stock markets go into a free fall when there's wars and, and when you have multiple wars right. going on, it stresses the world markets. Now, the, the trifecta to watch here, and Dr. Kirk had said it earlier, but the trifecta here is China with Taiwan because China has a window now with resources, right, and attention mm -hmm. on Israel and Hamas and Iran and on Ukraine and Russia. They have a window to go after Taiwan. Right. And since there is an American base on Taiwan, if they attack, it's considered an attack on America. So this is going to be the trifecta to watch in the middle of all of this. What happens if China does that? Oof. Uh, because China, China, you know, has a lot of puppet strings in the UN. Yeah. In the middle of all this. I mean, if China does that war and not just one war, a war in Europe, a war in the Middle East, a war in the Pacific Rim, um, I think gold and silver go through the roof. I think oil goes through the roof. I think stocks, bonds, mutual funds come crashing down because people are scared about the outlook for the future. They don't know what the long-term projection is. And this is why people invest is to make sure that their retirement assets are safe, right? So, so I think I if that happens, the inflationary pressures are terrible. Spending goes through the roof and it's wasted spending. See, yeah. war is an awful thing. People die, um, which means there's there's fewer people spending money, but it's misallocation of resources. You know, you're buying things that disappear, bullets and all that stuff. It's just gone. Once you shoot it, it's gone. It's done. Yeah. Right. Where where you could use that 
to build your infrastructure, to build an economy, to grow. Um, but it's mismanagement of funds. War is an awful thing. Um, and I, th I think as we see war, 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 um, you're going to see must, a lot of mismanagement by politicians and it's going to be very expensive and people are going to feel the pain from those inflationary pressures. Yeah. War, it, it is very unfortunate. Sometimes, unfortunately, it's a necessary that is a horror. Right. Um, and, you know, this is why we're praying for what's going on right now, um, especially in Israel, because, you know, Israel is our time clock. Yeah, it so is. We, and we have to watch that. Mm -hmm. 100%. That's why God commands us. It wasn't a suggestion. Pay, pray for the peace of Jerusalem, right? We we need That's to right. pray. It wasn't yes. a, a if, if you ever have time and you're thinking about it, you should maybe kind <laughs> <stand> of <to> pray. <laughs> no. He said simply, easy command pray for the peace of Jerusalem, period. <laughs> yep. That is exactly. Bless Israel. Pay, pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Mm -hmm. If you take both those scriptures and put them together. So it's yep. bless Israel, pray for the peace of Jerusalem. So that's what we're supposed to do as the people of God right now. Amen. Truly, Because prayer is a weapon and we need that weapon right now. We need to get it out and we really need to use it like we mean it. It is the time. most powerful weapon in the universe. Amazing. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Well, Dr. Kirk, thank you so much for joining us. We'll put the information up one more time. So everybody sees, yep, there's your phone number and there's your website. Um, him and his team are great. If Give them a call. They will take care of you and uh, very knowledgeable. And we always love having him on because he he knows in the details what is going on uh, in the world markets and how it's being affected by what's going on in the world. Because the spiritual battle that comes into the natural affects the markets. It affects everything in the world, basically. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, truly everything that we're seeing, and I've believed this for probably two decades, um, everything that we see is a physical manifestation of a spiritual battle that's being waged. He's right. And yeah. this economy that we're seeing is exactly that. It's a, it's a physical manifestation of a spiritual battle. Yeah. And it's a battle of control. It's a battle of power. It's a battle of manipulation. I believe it's a battle of witchcraft. I, I think what we're seeing is ugly and it's all about restricting our freedoms, the God given freedoms that God gave us to make choices on our own and either succeed or fail with those choices he didn't create robots but the government doesn't want that they just want us to fail so we're completely dependent on them yep god wants us completely dependent on him yes. so all of these policies right. we're seeing is taking away god's role as our provider He's, he's absolutely right about that he is supposed to be our provider and we're supposed to have all of that trust in him uh, yep. To do so. He is the Alpha and Omega. He is Jehovah Jireh. He is our provider. Uh, and we have to understand that he is not subject to the world markets. He is not subject to economic systems. His power supersedes that. Uh, in his provision. That's why Jesus was able to take five loaves and two fish and feed 5,000 people. For that reason. And that's only counting men, not women and children. So it was way more than that, but that's why his, his power circumvents that and supersedes that. So he is not subject to them. God's economy is different than man's economy. It is, I like for God sure. much better. <laughs> I do too, Dr. Kirk, very much. Well, thank you for joining us, Dr. Kirk. It's my pleasure. All right, we'll have Dr. Kirk back on soon. God bless. God bless. Bye-bye. Bye. And that concludes our time with Dr. Kirk Elliott. He is a wealth of information. That's why we love having him on. Uh, and so if you can, please give him a call. Give him and his team a call. They would love to hear from you. But uh, I wanted to tell you also that tomorrow at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, there is an urgent broadcast that's going to be done about Israel at War Part 3. Um, and there is an urgency with this. Uh, I've also been speaking with Doobie 
Uh, I have some updates from Doobie over in Israel. Uh, and so we are going to be doing a very important broadcast that's probably going to circle back to the United States of America by the time we are done. So mark your calendars. It's going to be tomorrow, Tuesday, November 7th, 5 o'clock p.m. We're going to be coming on and doing that broadcast. And also, we are going to be introducing our new sanctuary member. So we are going to be doing that as well uh, tomorrow. So we will see you then. Hello, Cyrus. Cyrus has been coming in and out the entire broadcast. You have anything else to say? You want to do the end with me? You want to do it? Okay, ready? Say, God bless everyone. Keep the faith. We love you. Armor up according to Ephesians chapter 6, Psalm 91. I say it every single day. It takes you two or three minutes. It's a very powerful psalm. The Lord's Prayer. The order to that prayer, I always say, is what is important. The order of, of praise before asking. There is an order to that prayer that is so important. Um, and I encourage you to do that. Also, Ephesians 1 and 3 from the Believer's Authority. I speak those verses every day. Uh, so I encourage you to do that, to get a copy of the Believer's Authority. Um, if, if you, for one reason or another, would have trouble getting getting a hold of one, you can always email us at hello at arcofgrace-ministries.com, and we could try to help you out by getting you a copy of that book, very powerful book by Pastor Kenneth Hagen. Uh, and we're hoping to see some of you at the Tulsa Revival. So this week we will be traveling there. We are hoping to see you there, that you will sign up for it. We are looking very much forward to it. It's going to be uh, Friday and Saturday. So Friday evening and then all day Saturday. Uh, so we're looking forward to being a part of that. You could go to arcofgrace.org. Yep, there it is, forward slash events. Uh, and it will give you the information, I believe, how to sign up. So there it is, November 10th and 11th. It is actually at the Thrive Time headquarters. So we look forward to seeing you there. Okay, praise the Lord. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. Have a wonderful rest of your evening. We love you. Keep the faith, and we'll see you tomorrow. Hello, everyone. Amanda Grace here. So as many of you know, Dr. Mark Sherwood and Dr. Michelle Sherwood of the Functional Medical Institute are mine and Chris's doctors. And so I went to Dr. Sherwood with a problem that I was seeing, not only with, with what I was going through, but with what other women were going through concerning their metabolism, concerning energy, concerning their hormones. And so we put our heads together and we are very happy now to finally be able to present to you Rafa for women. Rafa means healer in Hebrew. So it is an ode to the Lord because he is our healer. He put things in the earth that help heal us. And so Rafa is a product that was created for that. It also helps by helping with a healthy metabolism and natural hormones, as well as it helps balance fatigue. It helps with weight gain, night sweats, mood swings, blood sugar issues, and more. It is all natural. And I find more and more people are going into the natural arena in order to find solutions to issues that they're going through. So if you'd like to learn more, you can go to www.arcofgrace.org forward slash ministry dash partners to learn more about Rafa today. God bless. Hey everyone, Amanda Grace here. If you are looking for advice on financial matters, if you think gold and silver might be right for you, go to bh-pm.com today. Andrew Sorcini of Beverly Hills Precious Metals, who has been on Ark of Grace many times and loves to answer our viewer questions, is here with his team to answer all of your gold and silver needs. Whether you want to buy gold and silver, whether you have questions to see if it's right for you, whether you are looking to roll over retirement accounts, go to bh-pm.com today and Andrew and his team will be more than happy to assist you with all of your needs. If you want to support an amazing patriot and be a blessing, go to MyPillow.com today and use promo code ARK, A-R-K, to save up to 66% or more off of all MyPillow products. They have pillows, of course, but they are so much more than pillows. They have sheets. They have slippers. They have bathrobes. They even have 
dog beds. And a fun fact for all of you, Noble, one of our pigs at our animal sanctuary has indeed slept on a MyPillow dog bed. So if you want to be a blessing, you can go to MyPillow.com today and use promo code ARC. It is an alternative to big pharma based on quantum physics, over 40 scripture verses written into these patches for everything from blood sugar, anxiety, pain, neuropathy, to immune system boost, dog pain. They are very sincere about um, having alternatives to big pharma. We are a big advocate of natural solutions to help with pain and, and, and blood sugar and a host of other issues. I yeah. tried the pain patches and, yes, and they worked when I used them. When you connect it to your body, the skin patch changes changes your brainwaves. Sugar, this one is neuropathy. I actually have it on. And we use this on Toby, actually, because Toby's about eight years old. And from being paralyzed years ago and the Lord miraculously healing him, he has a little leftover with his joints and his hips. So we actually give him the doggy pain patches. What was he doing? He was running? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I walked him out. And wow, he's boom. And he got power. I said, no way. And I don't know. I said, Amanda, what? What did you do to him? To <laughs> <laughs> so it's good.